Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Reda, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today as always by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we're continuing our team-by-team previews for you all, and we've got a 2022 North Carolina Courage team preview as well as a special interview with a Courage player, so stay tuned. Before we get into all of this, you can follow us on Twitter for breaking news at Attacking Third. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review. It takes just a second and it really helps us out. And you can do that on Apple Podcasts, on the Spotify page. If you give us a five-star rating and a review, that helps us out so, so much. We appreciate it as always. Lisa, how you doing today? You ready to get into things? I am so ready. We have another team to dive into and take a deep look at. I love that. It's not just like we're skimming the surface of each team. We're really looking at the roster, looking at the changes made in the offseason, additions, uh, players that left, everything that's going on there, and kind of determining how this team is going to come out. In at the end of the season, right? Our projected finish. That's my favorite part about these kind of looking into our crystal ball and seeing how it's going. Um, I, I'm ready to dive into this, uh, but because there's a lot of a lot to talk about, Sandra. How are you today? How are you holding up? I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm getting more and more excited as we start to roll out more preview so it's like we did gotham first and everybody can go and check that out we had a great team preview with them really nice interview with mccall zerboni talking about all things new jersey new york gotham fc and now we're going to get into some stuff about north carolina courage but february is a busy 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 month so it's going to be busy for us because this is just the second of 12 teams that we're going to be doing a preview on but there's also like a ton going on in the sports world there's like (laughs) wa like free agency madness there's folks who are getting ready for the super bowl because that's going to be coming up next weekend and even though i know your philly eagles aren't in it my chicago bears were never in it let's be real uh sadness right uh i mean it's still the super bowl right it's still something you get together for i mean if you if you're not into that just just go and watch the halftime show do it and for the snacks do it for the snacks do it for the football food and do it you know watch the commercials or something you know but uh, i know a lot of folks are getting prepped for the super bowl this this week yeah the super bowl is, is huge i know i'm ready for it i definitely go for the snacks i tend to like make try to make a a really crazy dip as well for it. But um, in terms of what's happening on the field, I leave that up to the pick six NFL podcast our CBS sports podcast, because those guys do a a fantastic job. The pick six NFL podcast is your audio destination for the most comprehensive coverage of Super Bowl 56. It's featuring the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams join Will Brinson and company each day as they cover the top storylines. They detail the X's and O's 
CEOs, and they share betting advice to make you money on Super Bowl Sunday. And of course, they're going to recap the big game right after a new champion is crowned. So download, follow the Pick 6 NFL podcast for the best content during the biggest week on the football calendar, the American football calendar. And for all of your, your regular football content, come to us here at Attacking Third because we've got you covered. That that's right. I lo- I love that. Don't forget, you got to separate the two, right? So you get the American football, and then you've got football, which is what we're going to be talking about. Let's uh, jump in back into NWSL action. Well, preview action, really, for us because we haven't had a chance to actually take in any games just yet. Although that's going to happen very very yeah. soon. North Carolina Courage. I'm excited to talk about this team because this is the team that kind of went through some things, right, amongst all these other clubs going through some things in 2021 uh, and looking ahead into 2022, kind of trying to solidify some things, right? So in terms of a team overview uh, for North Carolina Courage, uh, in terms of the head coaching position, they officially nabbed Sean Nahas as the head coach. He is someone who took over as the interim head coach on September 30th, and then officially on December 1st, became the coach, the head coach of the North Carolina Courage. Uh, there was a there was some chatter about whether or not this was going to be someone who, uh, you know, stood in this role. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, you know, Lisa, coming out of that, in, in, coming into the offseason, not out of that season, but going into the offseason, there were so many clubs looking to fill a head coaching position. And while there were whispers of it's likely going to be Nahas for the courage, you just don't really know until you know. And then it it became uh, official for this club uh, on on December 1 to bring him into the fold. It really did. And the players wanted Sean Nahas to be stepping into that role as head coach because he had been around the club for a while. He's been in the the North Carolina soccer system for a while. I know a lot of I have a lot of friends that played youth soccer in North Carolina and he was their coach. He has a really good feel and a really good soccer IQ and a good grasp on how this game works. And he's been an assistant at the club for a long time. He's seen the, the courage go to NWSL championships and finals and, and win a lot of different trophies. So him sliding into that interim role, towards the end of the 2021 season was really, really seamless. Um, and then th- the murmurs from the players that were coached by him was were that they wanted him to be named the, the full-time head coach. And ultimately that did come about. I think it's a really good hire, um, someone that can take this team in a good direction. And if he's already getting good, positive feedback from the players, like that's huge. That is huge. Have the players have a say in their head coaches. Um, so I'm excited for Sean Nahas to have a full season with this club. I think that's going to be a theme when we talk about each NWSL club. I know we talked about it with Gotham and Scott Parkinson. Uh, but for Sean Nahas, I think it'll be really good for him because he's been at the club for a while. And to now be able to walk into the first day of preseason and say, this is my team. This is my group of women and soccer players. What can I do with them? What? How how can I make them better? How can I grow this team? How can I make us a championship team again? Because that's the pedigree that North Carolina is known for. And they didn't quite hit the mark last season. They, they fell short, let's be honest. Um, and, and we'll get into our projections and everything like that. But I'm pumped for Nehas, really. He's a pleasure to talk to and a pleasure to work with on the broadcasting side of things. And he's just a really smart soccer guy. He knows a lot about the game. 
we'll see how he uh, runs through preseason and a full season eventually with the North Carolina Courage. They made some other notable hires, I think, um, on on the sort of front office and administrative level as well. They fleshed out the coaching staff by bringing in uh, Emma Thompson as uh, an assistant coach and Francie Gotzigan as a club president ahead of the 2022 season. They closed out... 2021 number six overall so this is a north carolina courage side that made it to the playoffs once more but they did so in a quarterfinal capacity it was the first time they entered an nwsl playoffs as something other than the number one seed in some several years uh so their quarterfinal against the washington spirit they ultimately were defeated 1-0 and spirit uh obviously going on to win the 2021 championship uh but uh, they made they made their return to a playoff with a little bit of help right uh, down the stretch of that 2021 season and because of that little bit of a rocky finish when we did take the time in the offseason to do our attacking third way too early power rankings predictions we did put them in a lower ranking we actually placed them at number nine lisa Mm -hmm. just to sort of refresh your memory and everyone else out there Yeah, number nine. I mean, that's out of playoff contention. But again, this is way too early. We did these power rankings in early December. So that was before any offseason trades, any roster signings, before the NWSL 2022 draft, before the expansion draft, before anything happened. It was actually just a week or so after Sean Nahas was hired as the full-time head coach for the 2022 season. So these were very early predictions and, and power rankings of this team. Um, but there has been a lot of off-season changes that have happened with every single club when you have two drafts in the off-season um, and, and now with a CBA and different roster moves in place. There's been a lot of change at North Carolina Courage. This is one of the teams that... I think has had some of the most movement and a lot of loss in this offseason. I know a lot of people are talking about Orlando Pride and all that they've lost. But, Sandra, I really think we have to look at North Carolina honestly and kind of discuss all that they've lost. But let's start with all that they've gained, right? Because there comes a lot of breakout roster signings in the 2021 offseason and and ahead of the 2022 seasons. Some rookies coming in, some veterans that were traded over to North Carolina. Um, A lot of them happening, a few just to start forward. Jorian Balcom and midfielder Jordan Listro, they were both picked up off the waiver wire way early for North Carolina coming over to this squad Um, and two players that maybe can provide a little bit in the attack for North Carolina, but otherwise some roster signings for North Carolina, a lot of them came at the defensive position. Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe that's the the way to start this, right? Maybe look at the the silver linings of things because when we're looking at the offseason window, that trade window that took place, North Carolina was a team that was very, very active throughout that. And they were active throughout the duration of the offseason in terms of trying to make player acquisition. So in terms of some of their offseason signings, some of their breakout signings, we're talking about forward uh, Jorian Bauckham from Racing, formerly of Racing Louisville. They went out and they signed uh, Jordan Listro. They made a move for for Kiki Pickett, uh, Katie Bowen. Uh, they brought in uh, Brianna Pinto into the mix, bringing her back into 
the uh, the the you know Tar Heels Nation, right? Sort of making that connection there. Uh, they went out and made a kind of a controversial signing, right? And bringing the return of Jalen Daniels into the mix, and then they also navigated their NWSL draft uh, probably in the best way that they can. I think if I remember correctly, during that NWSL draft, I I kind of picked this franchise as a club to have kind of won that draft i thought that they kind of addressed uh you know three areas in, in their front line and their midfield and within uh their defensive back end uh to just go come out with those three picks already in that first round so a lot of college draft picks in the mix as well when we're looking at additions that they made into uh this offseason but you know they made some of these moves because they had some big losses uh, along the way as well. Right, Lisa? They really did. I think that this is a club in North Carolina Courage that lost some of their biggest pieces. And it happened in in waves, right, and in phases and, and small parts that um, were spread out that ultimately it didn't look like a lot. But when you kind of look back at all the names and all the players that are no longer with North Carolina Courage, it's a little bit shocking. I mean, uh, to look at some of them, midfielder Sam Ewis, she went to Kansas City. Then her, her friend and podcast host forward Lynn Williams followed her to Kansas City later. Jess McDonald, a forward headed to Racing Louisville. Uh, forward Amy Rodriguez, she ended up retiring in this offseason. She's going to be an assistant coach at USC. Midfielder Kari Ricaro to Angel City and and Haas James, Angar James, another midfielder to Wave FC. So those last two, Ricaro and James, they were ahead of the expansion draft to get some expansion draft protection from Angel City and Wave FC respectively. Um, but when you look at this list of players that are gone, and these are the biggest names, they, these were all starters last year for the yeah. most part, uh, apart from some of the forward crew when Sam Ewis was hurt for a lot of last year. But between Lynn Williams, Jess McDonald, and Amy Rodriguez, they rotated through the starting front line. Kari Ricaro and, and Angar James were always in that midfield box for North Carolina last year. These are a lot of big names. Sandra, for you, is there one in particular that is the most detrimental loss that North Carolina suffered? You know, I think you got to look at somebody like Sam Mewis. Mm -hmm. I think, and this is all also sort of looking at it in, in hindsight, this is a player that throughout the duration of 2021 had to sort of um, operate and navigate some lingering injuries throughout that. But there's always this sort of thought in the back of your mind, well, you know what, it's like, when Sam Mewis gets back in this starting lineup, you just wait. You just wait till she gets mm -hmm. back in this starting lineup. You just, just especially too, because of the pieces that they already did have on the pitch that we're still part of that North Carolina Courage side that made that playoff run. You know, whether somebody like it was a Lynn Williams or even alongside other midfield counterparts in in, in a Dabinia, right? Or or a Denise O'Sullivan. If you have a strong midfield in this league, it can really take you to places. And that's kind of where a lot of things are won and lost in this league. And sort of having that, when you see that, that move in Sam Mewis, you know, making her departure, I think that was probably the biggest one. And I think it, it probably maybe was the the early one where it was like the band-aid that if you rip it off real fast, you can kind of like move on. And it was, I think it made kind of sense that it was the the first kind of big loss that they had to open up and kick off their off season. But then all of a sudden you just sort of saw this like trickle down effect where like more and more starters clearly were having conversations about yeah. seeking opportunities 
elsewhere and kind of obviously closing the chapter on their time with the North Carolina Courage and moving on to try to, to seek out other opportunities. And when we heard that directly from, uh, you know, Lynn Williams, when we had an interview with her on Attacking Third, that, you know, the, your career is, is, is not as long as maybe you think it is. And sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone and seek out uh, different pastures and other opportunities. Uh, so we got to see that, you know, the, the departure of, of Lynn Williams, like you said, the, the Jess McDonald. I mean, even in something like we talked about that, even during um, the, the Gotham uh, preview, that there's also just the concept of retirements, that there are sometimes players who are just going to make that decision and say, hey, like, I'm out. I did this. And then that's another sort of offseason loss that that maybe a franchise has to look at and see how they could possibly uh, kind of fill that gap that's uh, that that's left behind. So I think you're kind of looking at this in both ways. You you can look at it, you know, in terms of like glass half full. You can look at it in terms of glass half empty. It really is sort of a flip of the coin, because when we're looking at how we broke this down from uh, biggest, you know, offseason signings to, to biggest losses. I think they kind of almost I don't want to say they cancel each other out, but they definitely you can maybe make an argument more for one one case or one side than the other. I think you can. I think that the losses that North Carolina suffered are bigger than the players that they gained. Just looking at names, experience, pedigree in this sport and ability to be leaders ability to really put a team on their back. I mean, say, say North Carolina just lost Lynn Williams, Jess McDonald, Amy Rodriguez, uh, three forwards, really the, the players that scored all their goals. If they still had a Sam Mewis in, in their midfield alongside of Dabinia and even a Kari Rocaro as the, that defensive player in the midfield should play in front of defenders, Abby Ursig and Merritt Mathias, they could be okay because Sam Mewis is that creative leader playmaker in the middle of the field that can take on that role of I need to do everything for this squad moving down the pitch and into the attacking end. I need to be able to play those through balls, split the seams, find my forwards feet, give the balls to them on a silver platter and be creative in the midfield and not rely on their forwards. But when you throw in that Sam Mewis has also left who are they going to lean on in the midfield? I think they do have still have a lot of experienced players in the midfield for North Carolina that can be creative and can do a lot, but they haven't had to do it all by themselves. And I, I think that it poses a lot of different questions for North Carolina moving forward. But in terms of the roster that North Carolina has out in front of them, they still do have a lot of, a lot of good players there. It's, I mean, it's a full roster. We, we mentioned it before with these preseason rosters coming out by these teams. It's fun to look through this list and see who's thrown into the mix and get used to some, some new names on this courage roster. Absolutely. There's, there's going to be a lot of new faces, right. For, for this North Carolina courage side, let's, let's just go down by the where we've been reading off the, the preseason rosters. And obviously these rosters will be narrowed down as something like the challenge cup comes into play and then eventually the regular season. But it's fun to go through these preseason rosters now because they're always so, so lengthy, right. There's always anywhere from like 
26 to 36 something odd players on it and for the courage they're just shy of uh of 30 they've got 29 in preseason right now goalkeepers with three casey murphy kaylin Rowland, and marissa bova uh to round out the goalkeepers for defenders a hefty list there with 12 they've got Lindsay agnew abby ersig kaylee kurtz Merritt mathias ryan williams taylor smith carson pickett jaylene daniels Caitlin Fregulia, Malia Berkeley, Katie Bowen, and Kiki Pickett. For the midfielders, Denise O'Sullivan, Devinia, Meredith Speck, Havana Salon, Frankie Taglafieri, Emily Gray, Haley Stackpole, Jordan Lishow, Brianna Pinto. And for the forward core, they've got five with Brittany Ratcliffe, Riley Ratson, Deanna Ordonez, Caroline Nicoli, and Jorian Balcom. So we've got 29 total here. Let's let's maybe just have some fun. We did this with Gotham as well. We talked a little bit about a potential starting 11 based on this lengthy list here of a preseason roster. And again, I think we both agreed even on that last preview that it's maybe a little too early to sort of nail down an actual starting 11. But when it comes to this moment in time when this preseason, there's absolutely the list of names that you go through and you could say, hey, I can see this handful of players kind of cracking that starting 11 come opening day, whether that's a Challenge Cup day one or even regular season day one. I think when you're looking at those defenders, Lisa, you're they're probably going to try to whittle some things down there. Although the, there's going to be some players here where you're going to wonder how they're going to fit. Like, is what's the formation going to be like? Yeah, for this North I think Carolina they're still Cup? going to do that box in the midfield. Exactly. It's like, what is this like? Is Are there a lengthy amount of defenders because you want to have, you know, added depth? Is there a lengthy amount of defenders because you're trying to play around with with formations a little bit? You know, well, this is not something that screams to me like we're going to see a three back, right? I, <laughs> no. And it's super interesting because most often teams don't have so much depth at the defender position. 12 defenders listed on this roster and only five forwards. So I... Uh, I mean, based on this and looking at numbers, I'm going to say two forwards and I, maybe they're going to try to throw some of those defenders into the midfield. I could see that happening, More. playing with four in the back. And then, I mean, I know that even in 2021 throughout that season with the North Carolina right infamous box in the midfield sometimes they would throw defenders into the back two spots of that box just because they can play defense and then also run and get on transition it's very very interesting but with 12 defenders nine midfielders five forwards it's so odd to see so many defenders but you're right there are definitely names that stand out I mean goalkeeper Casey Murphy i I can imagine that she'll probably get the start in goal there. When you look at the back line, Abby Urseg is a namestay in the back line. Merritt Mathias also on the wing um, in the back line. I, I think Kiki Pickett could really make a name for herself in this back line as well. Um, and then in the midfield, right, like Dabinia, she's going to have to be in there. She's the creative playmaker in this midfield group of nine that they have. I think Denise O'Sullivan grew a lot throughout the 2021 season and she could continue to grow and, and see a lot of minutes break through that starting lineup. And then honestly, when I look at the forwards that they have, I don't think I could put my finger on one of them and say, this player will start. I'm going to bet money on that. I think it's difficult yeah. because Brittany Radcliffe, Riley Basin, Deanna Ordonez, Carolyn Nicoli, and Jorian Balcom. Yeah. Uh, Brittany Radcliffe, right? She has a lot of experience, but I don't 
I don't know if. Well, <laughs> we were chatting a little bit about it when we were contemplating this. We were like, gosh, we're looking at the forwards and Brittany Ratcliffe, uh, you know, by experience standards, is probably the most experienced forward on uh, NWSL experience player, like in terms of the forwards on on this uh, preseason roster. But I think when you break it down like that, Lisa, when we're talking about like line by line, right, I'm in agreement with you 100%. I think in terms of opportunity in front of them, right? It's this, it's this forward core that probably has the the most opportunity in front of them and that any one of these players can go into this preseason, wreck it up, have themselves a fantastic six weeks, right? Maybe show some really promising stuff throughout something like a challenge cup and really kind of win, a starting spot, right? In what could be this new era of like Shanehas, like North Carolina courage, right? So the, I think in terms of the area with the most, uh, the position with the most opportunity for, for the courage is, is obviously um, that forward line. And, and who knows, you know, I could absolutely be proven wrong. I said, like, I don't know if I'm going to see a three back in this one. Maybe we are. Maybe that's why <laughs> there's so many defenders. And when we're looking at some of these the defenders who are really great at getting involved in the attack, somebody like a Kiki Pickett, somebody like a Merritt Mathias, you know, there's always that possibility. I guess I, I should never, ever say never. So nope. I guess we'll just sort of stay put on there. But I have to also point out, that, you know, in signing some of the, all of these, in, well, bringing in all of these defenders and making these different acquisitions, even with that very early move and somebody like a Kiki Pickett involved in that Sam Mewis trade, like where is this young player going to fit uh, in what type of role could they have, right, in this courage side that, you know, Nahas doesn't want to use the word rebuild, right? Or retool, maybe a little bit of a, maybe more retooling versus versus rebuilding. But what is a player like that and their role going to have versus somebody like a Jalen Daniels that they went out and they acquired and the club was met with a ton of discourse around this signing. Uh, a lot of their LGDB, uh, LGBTQ plus fans coming out and saying this is harmful to us. We don't uh, approve of this signing. And I don't really think that a franchise is going to go out there and make that type of signing and not play that player. So I won't be surprised Mm -hmm. if they continue to utilize and, and rework somebody like a Daniels back into the mix. Now, how that role is going again, how this role is going to look, uh, moving forward, I'm not too sure because there's a number in these 12 defenders. There's a number, several outside backs yeah. in this defender core alone that could potentially be starting caliber. So we'll see. I'm not by any means uh, saying that 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 those outside back positions are etched in, in stone. By by any means, because this is going to be a new look, a new era for um, and, and maybe we could see those outside back traditional roles be pushed higher up, be more wing back. We could, we players, could. Still four in the back and then five across the midfield. I'm not sure. One forward, like, I don't know, but I could see the outside backs becoming more wing back players that truly go like box to box. Yeah. And, and Honestly, I think for me, with the exception of like Matthias and Pickett, 
I feel like those would be locks for your outside back position. Daniels is somebody who's been removed from the game, coming out of retirement. We don't yep. know where she's at in terms of her fitness and her uh, level or ability to compete at this level anymore, quite frankly. It's not easy to dip in and out of being a professional. And I think uh, maybe she's going to be met with a little bit of a, a quick reminder of how tough this, uh, this league is. And then you've got somebody like a Taylor Smith who's still involved in, in that outside back position and listed as a defender, someone who has uh, sort of seen the most time at outside back while with the courage. So we'll see. I think that that positionally, that is the position where they have the most depth in terms of the defensive line. So I'm a little curious to see mm -hmm. who is going to be tabbed with these starting roles that will be moving forward in terms of all of these names. There's a lot of new faces and there's a lot of still a uh, veteran as type player. So in terms of young prospects moving forward with this club, all of the college draft picks that they make primarily the ones in that first round, I think for you and I both, Lisa, I think we're both in agreement that somebody uh, like or, uh, Diana Ordonez is going to be the player that we're going to keep an eye on for North Carolina Courage when it comes to a top young prospect. I think we really have to keep an eye on uh, Deanna Ordonia. She's drafted out of Virginia. She's a player that hopefully can score some goals for North Carolina, right? When you look at this this forward group, um, she can score goals, and she did do it very well at the collegiate level. And now coming into this squad, there's not that as anyone that can really do that. So it's like you said, the possibilities are really endless for these forwards. If they can come in, make a name for themselves throughout this preseason, even throughout the challenge cup, prove that they can score goals. They can be creative. And frankly, they can be consistent day in and day out through training and through the games um, that can work in their favor. And for someone like Deanna Ordonez, if, if like, right? Like hope you're listening to this. My one advice to you is going to be just work really hard every day and try to be consistent because I think experience wise, like you're almost on the same playing field as some of these other players that don't have that much experience. Yes, they have a little bit more, but if this, this is a year for Diana Ordonez that she can grow and she can become an NWSL scoring forward and a caliber player that is on scouting reports yeah. every single week for other teams. Um, and I hope that happens with her. I really, really do. Because coming from a program in Virginia, she knows how tough it can be. I mean, that's a really competitive soccer program in in Virginia coming out of that. But the, the NWSL game is different. So I hope the transition is really smooth for her. Um, and she can make a difference because this could be a really big year for her. She's definitely someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm going to be curious to see if she can ride the momentum, really, of that final year that she had with Virginia. Really a record-breaking year, racking up a ton of goals, a ton of them in which were like game-winner-defining-esque type of goals. And making the decision to say, hey, I'm declaring going early, going pro, I think maybe turned a lot of heads a little bit going into that NWSL college draft, whereas maybe someone might like her was on draft boards, but making herself eligible, I think uh, really made her a top prospect heading into that event. Uh, and honestly, like we're talking about this forward core, 
opportunities ahead in front of them. So we're going to keep an eye. Just looking, looking at those stats. I always like to stat check you, Sandra, all the goals, 18 goals in her 23 games played this year, three assists she scored the most in just three seasons at Virginia. She knows how to score. She knows how to find the back of the net and, and be creative doing it. So let's hope it translates. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of all amongst all of the new faces, though, right, for for North Carolina Courage, uh, you know, we're we're taking a look at a experienced player on all of these rosters going into preseason. And I know for me, when I looked at this roster, the biggest name that stood out for me was Abby Ersek on that defensive line. This is a, a player who has been with this Courage side for a very long time uh, has captained this team in uh, certain uh, cer- through some certain difficult times, uh, you know, on the pitch. And this is also a player who, when she's not on the pitch for the courage, it was incredibly noticeable. Uh, so again, c- coming off of just 2021 specifically uh, in the midst of a, of a year that had an Olympics in the midst of a year that kind of carried a lot of injuries at, at times for this courage side, you s- we saw the struggle for them on the back line. Uh, so much so that at one point in time throughout some stretch of games, there was a bit of shift in formation that they got away from that uh, typical box midfield that they kind of based on personnel had to make some adjustments. So Ursic has very large become almost this sort of irreplaceable player at points for uh, long stretches of the courage season. And I think in this new era, heading into this new look courage, she's going to be essential now more than ever. And she has acknowledged publicly the fact that there has been changes within this courage franchise tweeting out there, putting out there, Hey, like, Some of us are still going to be here trying to build on, move forward with the North Carolina courage and saying that she's going to be one of those players. So I'm, uh, I'm going to be looking for uh, Erisig to really be that essential experienced player for the courage in 2022. I think that's valid. I mean, and looking at the defender core, 12 of them listed on the roster right now, they need someone to step up. Um, For me, I'm, I'm taking, we're taking two on this essential experience list right now, because I, I'm looking at Casey Murphy in goal for North Carolina Courage because she is a goalkeeper that needs to have the experience and bring it into the organizational shape of this team. Because no matter what formation they play, they have to have defensive organization, and that starts with the goalkeeper. So no matter what lineup they throw out there, if Casey Murphy can be the vocal leader from the back line, from in goal that can see everything and direct the play in, in front of her, um, she needs to ha- use her experience that she has. She was snubbed from the NWSL 2021 um, awards that they were given. She wasn't even nominated for goalkeeper of the year, which we talked about on here, a big snub for us. She had a fantastic 2021 season, um, a, a number of shutouts, just breaking records left and right. Now she's cracked her way into the United States women's national team roster listed for the, she believes cup. She w- went to Australia at the end of 2021 called into the January camp, just continuously getting better. And if 
a player like Casey Murphy can continuously get better after she's been in the league for a bit. Uh, she's played a few seasons already Four in the NWSL. This will be her second full one complete one with North Carolina. She needs to be that experienced player in this league and with this team that can show them how it's done, show them what it's like to kind of get back to their winning ways and, and playoff championship ways. And I think it starts with the goalkeeper and Murphy. I think that's fair for essential experienced players in terms of an international spotlight for this team. I think we're both in agreement on a player uh, that we're going to be looking at. Should they be gone for World Cup qualifiers? But we're going with the Vina, the Brazilian international as the international spotlight player for North Carolina Courage. Again, when we're talking about these preseason rosters that come out, you're looking at all these new faces. Amongst those new faces, you're going to look at maybe some of the players who have been with the team, who have grown with the roster, with the club over a certain amount of time. And I think having so many different World Cup qualifying events that are going to be taking place throughout the duration of 2020, there's going to be a number of teams that are impacted by that. I believe the Copa America is going to be taking place in July. Mm -hmm. So having somebody like like they're being potentially unavailable um, during that stretch of time, Uh, really the stretch of time where a lot of teams are maybe sort of figuring, like already figure things out and trying to ride a wave of momentum. That could be something that could be detrimental for a Kurt side. Should they lose somebody like a Dabinia during the month of July, which I think maybe leads a little bit to our biggest burning question Entering the 2022 season, Lisa, who is going to be their star striker? That is the biggest burning question. And this question, Sandra, you and I talked about off air because we looked through this roster and and we looked through all of the names that North Carolina lost in this offseason. Midfielder Sam Ewis, forward Lynn Williams, forward Jess McDonald, forward Amy Rodriguez. And Williams, McDonald, Rodriguez, they are goal scorers. That's that's what they do. They score goals at a high percentage consistently throughout the years and throughout the year in many different ways. And right now on this roster, they don't have a goal scorer. I mean, even when you look at Dabinia as a player that can score goals and she has found the back of the net, that's not her niche. That's not what she does. That's not what she's known for. She's more of a crafty on the player ball. So who is going to be the star striker? And that's why there's so much room for growth for these forwards because they don't have one. They're not really competing with a star striker right now. Uh, Whoever can really notch a lot of goals, even like the midfield unit that, North Carolina has in Denise O'Sullivan, Davinia, Meredith Speck, Havana Salone, Frankie Tagliferri, Emily Gray, Haley Stackpole, Jordan Listro, Brianna Pinto. Like none of them are real goal scorers either. So how North Carolina is going to find the back of the net this season is going to be difficult. I, I could see a lot of narrow score lines, frankly, and, and North Carolina just trying to bunker in on defense and, and lean into the experience that they have in the back line, whether it's Casey Murphy or Abby Urseg and Merritt Mathias, Carson Pickett. There's a lot of experience defensively, but that needs to translate into scoring goals. If the tiebreakers are the same and it comes down to goal differential, it could end up hurting North Carolina in the long run. So the star striker that role is up for grabs right now at North Carolina. And I think it's whichever player is willing to put their body on the line, do everything that they can to score goals. 
that's who's going to come out as the superstar for the courage in this year. When when you, Sandra, look at this list of players, is there anyone that you're thinking maybe could step up and be that star striker for the courage? Uh, I was really excited when they went out and they made a signing for somebody like a Jorian Buckham. I think that she was someone who was underutilized at racing um, combined with, they just weren't too sure with how to utilize her talents. Um, but I really think that, uh, this club getting somebody like in Ordonez, maybe they're hoping that they kind of uh, were able to catch a potential lightning in a bottle scenario, maybe trying to get one of these top prospects in that first round offensively who can maybe go out there, compete and try to maybe put together a really strong kind of rookie campaign. Uh, and we'll see what happens. I'm also going to want to see what happens with their other Brazilian international, you know, and Caroline Nicoli, someone that they went out and they got uh, for that forward core as well. But we'll see. It's the burning question because there is no answer yet. But we will be keeping an eye on that. But I think that that goes right in line with our projected finish for this club. Lisa, just to remind everybody, when we did do our attacking third way too early power rankings predictions, we did rank North Carolina Courage ninth, uh, just based off of some early situations that were happening in the offseason. And now that we've got a little bit of a full offseason report to go off of, I don't think that that has changed for us. Well, I do, uh, while I'm personally a big fan of what they did during the draft, sort of targeting specific players within specific lines of the midfield, forward line, and back line, I'm just not sure that's going to be enough when you're looking at a team that is going to be stepping into a new era. I think maybe we're going to widen that a little bit. I think perhaps we're looking more at a range that perhaps mm -hmm. we could see this card side somewhere in a seven position. Yeah. Possibly as low as ninth. But I think even then that's being maybe a little bit ambitious. Again, this is a team that went through a lot during 2021. It was evident. We saw it in their play in their body language on the pitch. It was not an easy season for them to get through. And yet somehow with a little bit of help, they made it to another playoff. But even that was very, very slim. They needed help from other teams to get there. I'm not too sure if this is going to be a similar scenario for them. I think it's going to come down to how quickly chemistry can develop yeah. between veteran midfielders in that middle third and those new forwards who are not familiar with playing with each other yet. It's going to depend very much on how quickly that chemistry can come together on how Carolina does in this upcoming season. It's exactly what it comes down to as of this point. For me, they're just shy of a playoff position with the top six teams making the postseason for the NWSL. I don't see them being there. Of course, it could happen that the chips fall in their way based on other teams, but it, I, I, they're not a top five finisher team in the 2022 season right now for the courage. There's just too many unknowns. There's They don't have anyone that can score a lot of goals, right? That's our biggest burning question. Who's going to be their star striker? Um, I think defensively, they can... They can hold teams to shutouts. They can maybe get in a lot of ties, sneak single points out of a lot of these matches. But and no, I just don't see them being that powerhouse team that the Courage has been traditionally. It's going to take a lot of effort. And then, as you mentioned, World Cup qualifiers coming into it, losing a handful of players throughout the middle of the summer when when all of these qualifying matches start happening internationally. They're going to be losing some players, and I don't think that will help. Um, 
a lot needs to go in favor of North Carolina courage for them to have a long season towards the end of this one, but not, you never know. You never know what could happen, but as of right now, out of playoff contention towards the end of the 2022 season, there's nothing else that we love. There's something else that we love just as much as defense on the show. And it's love being proven wrong. We love to come back on here and talk about how incorrect we were. So we'll be, uh, we'll be paying attention to North Carolina courage and seeing how they do throughout the 2022 season and how they end up closing out the year. I want to thank everybody for listening to our North Carolina courage 2022 preview. We've got full team by team previews for all 12 clubs in the NWSL coming up. Stay tuned. Drop us your thoughts about the courage on Twitter at attacking third or in the comments. If you subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash attacking third, don't go anywhere because we have an exclusive interview with North Carolina courage goalkeeper, Casey Murphy, right after this quick break. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus. Hello and welcome back to Attacking Third. We're so pleased to have player interviews to go alongside our team-by-team previews. And we now have a special interview segment with North Carolina Courage goalkeeper Casey Murphy, who's also called up currently to the United States Women's National Team, she believes, Cub roster. It's your first time on the show, so welcome to Attacking Third, Casey. Thanks for having me. No problem. It's, you know, it's, it's the start of the 2022 NWSL preseason. Uh, there's a challenge cup schedule that's been released. We've got, it's official. There's, there's games on a calendar now. Uh, so just a simple question to kick things off. How are, how are you doing? How are you feeling with everything uh, going on and going from off season into preseason here? Yeah, I'm pumped that the season's finally here. We're in preseason. We're back in market and uh challenge cup schedule was just released. So now we have games and dates and everything to prepare for. And uh, so, yeah, things are things are rolling here in North Carolina. And I'm, I'm happy to be back with the team and the coaches. And uh, so far, everything's going pretty well. Game dates are on the calendar. I know I have a few circled, but for the offseason, February 1st was circled for me. I'm sure for you as players as well. That was when preseason started for the 2022 season. Uh, so now you've had a few days after that. February 1st, Mark, a few days with the team um, back in market, as you mentioned, how was the first week? How, how did it go? Do you report on February 1st? When did you actually hit the field? Kind of walk us through what the, the beginning of preseason looks like. Yeah. So we got into market a few days before the first and we got everything sorted away with housing and physicals. And so on that first day of the start of preseason, we did a bunch of physical testing got that underway uh, to have some baselines for our physical um, like standards of where we're at as a team and as individuals and stuff we can build on now. And then uh, next day we're back on the pitch and two days, just like good old preseason is. And uh, so, yeah, we're about a week in now and um, a lot of new faces here in North Carolina, but it's uh, it's been good. The team's been energized and ready to, you know, hit the, hit the ground running this season. 
Right on, like that energy, uh, always coming from an off season into a preseason, um, you run into to the new faces, right? Because of all of the maybe some changes that happen over the course of of an off season, but something that maybe is can be considered like a consistent is that uh, Sean Nehas actually stepped into the coaching position kind of late 2021, but now ahead of 2022 is going to get a, a full season with the team, right? Starting with the preseason to work with you all and then see, see everything through. So um, how, I know it's, it's really early, but how have there been uh, discussions in, in this first week about um, how he's planning to sort of approach uh, the season ahead with you all? Yeah. So luckily for me, Sean's a super familiar face. I've worked with him during the youth national team camps uh, under 20 cycle. And so I've known him for years now and uh, we've kept in touch. And once I got traded to North Carolina, um, I didn't realize, but he was going to, you know, be on the sideline consistent consistently. And um, so it was great to have that interaction and, and be back on the field with him. And then this season, obviously as head coach, it was even more exciting because um, he's running the show now and he's able to, you know, use his voice and share his knowledge. And he he loves the game and has so much to, to teach us. And so um, we're all really excited that he's here and he's going to, you know, guide us. And, and uh, obviously he's going to put his own twist on things and um, kind of, you know, with anything with the culture, the atmosphere, the training environment, he's always chiming in on on how it needs to be competitive and energized and bring your best every single day. And you have the choice to be better. So he's starting to um, just, you know, ingrain all those things in us as players, but, you know, we are really excited that he's our coach. Casey, as someone who knows Sean Nahas very well, as you just said, for those who don't, or maybe are getting a look at him for the first time as fans who maybe will see him in North Carolina or on TV. What kind of coach is he? Is he really intense? Does he, is he a little bit goofy? Does he make metaphors? Is he inspiring? What, what kind of coach is he for you as a player? Yeah, he's super inspirational, motivating. Uh, I would say he's a, he's a mix of everything. Like when he needs to be tough, like he's tough when he needs to be, um, you know, a little bit softer and just pull a player aside and, and speak to them. He'll do that, but he's, he's all for the players. And so far it's been a really smooth transition and um, yeah. So he, he's all about creating, you know, a team family like uh, atmosphere. And um, so, yeah, he's a mix of everything, but it's all good. It's good to have someone that can pull it together, make it feel like a family, because in this offseason across the league, there were so many changes, players uh, retiring and leaving, signing new clubs, so many moves. And for North Carolina, there was a lot of moves with your former forwards in North Carolina and with the courage. I mean, Lynn Williams, Jess McDonald, Amy Rodriguez, even Sam Mewis in the midfield. So for you now, now with this new team, without some of those faces that I just listed as a goalkeeper for you in this first week, getting on the field, is there anyone that's been giving you trouble as a goalkeeper in goal? Maybe some tricky shots on you, some new looks that you're not used to? <laughs> well, obviously, obviously always try and train for the unexpected. So when there are <laughs> new players, you know, it's not like, you know, overwhelming. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the forwards are, you know, looking sharp and the, the great thing is they are challenging us goalkeepers and they're making us better. And uh, so you know, we've, we've just started to get into it, but I, I am really impressed with some new faces and, and returners up top. And, uh, I think it's going to be no issues despite, you know, losing some players. 
you know, whenever those preseason rosters drop, they're always lengthy. There's a lot of names on them and there's always a mix of, of, of players, um, uh, veteran players mixed with, with new faces. And for someone like yourself, you know, you have the, the playing experience of actually, you know, playing overseas for club and now playing uh, in, in NWSL. Uh, so for you kind of being in this position of having some pro club seasons under your belt, like what is, what is maybe some of your preseason advice to to players placing up their professional boots for, for the first time? I would say just try and raise the standard of, of your group, of your team and just bringing it every single day. I think a big piece of it is, um, just being able to be coached and to want to improve and have goals going in that you want to focus on for yourself and how you can be better for the team. Ultimately, I think the other big piece of it is staying healthy and staying on the field. Uh, for me, that's something that I've always really bought into is like, I'm going to get better if I'm playing on the field. So what do I need to do off the field to make sure that I'm ready for practice every single day? I think those are the two biggest things as you become a pro that you really start to learn and you start to realize that those are game changers. Those would get you to the top level. What about when you look at, at this season? I mean, last year's 2021 season was long. It was a long season this year. It's a little bit shorter, a little bit more manageable now, even with the challenge cup schedule out, is there anything with the travel and, and the game management, knowing how long of a season is knowing that you can get into preseason. Is there a different take that you're looking at as you head into this season for your own management? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like I have a solid um, foundation and routines that I follow for myself and that I know work for me. And I think every player has to figure out what works best for them and how they recover best and how they are able to, you know, not burn out and mentally stay in it. And I think that's a big piece of is having time where you can reset and refresh. So when you get back on the field the next day, um, you're ready to go. And it's, you know, sometimes it's disconnecting, getting away from the game you know, for an hour or two in the afternoons or whatever it may be for you. Um, but yeah, so I've started to figure out more and more each season what those um, outlets are for me. And uh, and then obviously, um, you know, I, I love being in season. I don't want everyone to see <laughs> And so it's not so much an issue for me. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, you know, things that I have to do to make sure I'm managing myself physically and mentally, emotionally. So I'm ready to go. Casey, I, I mean, that. it's, it's good to hear. And it's good to say that we love what we do. We love our jobs, right? Yeah. Do what you love, love what you do. We're very fortunate you as a player, us as media to cover it. And one of the things we've been really pumped about covering over the last week or so is the CBA, the first ever CBA in NWSL league history. It's historic for women's soccer, um, especially in the NWSL. And uh, we've talked with different players about this and what it means. And we've talked with former players about this. We at Attacking Third, we've been celebrating the CBA since it was announced, but you as a player that get to almost reap the benefits of the CBA and the different changes that are now put into place to protect and support players like you. I mean, what are your thoughts on this CBA? Are you hype about it? Is there a certain point you're ex really excited about or just overall, like this is so good for the league and for women's soccer? Yeah, like you said, overall, it is so great for us and history was made. And there's so many people to thank uh, the time that they put in to make this happen. I, I can't even begin to imagine like how much work they've put in. Um, so, yeah, it's it's so amazing. And I'm so uh, grateful for, you know, everything that has been done by the people to make this happen. So, 
yeah, it's, it's a really big step and it's a really exciting step for us. You know, we, we mentioned how it was a really long season and that kind of meant in 2021, the off season was a little bit shorter in, in that aspect, but during your off season, you were kept pretty, pretty busy. You spent some time uh, with the United States women's national team, got start, uh, got some starts in, in Australia for the national team, spent some time in January camps. And now we're looking ahead to uh, the She Believes Cup. So having had all this involvement leading up to um, preseason for for NWSL, how has it been sort of transitioning in and out of these training environments, whether it's in NWSL or within uh, United States women's national team camps? Yeah, I mean, it's always so amazing to start off the year with the national team in January camp. And that was great preparation going into preseason with the courage. And uh, so, yeah, looking forward to She Believes because we finally get to get matches going in this new year. And uh, and then right back from there, we we start up the Challenge Cup. So everything is is going and it's, it's going to go quick. And so definitely that off-season preparation is going to come up big now that, you know, we are underway. And um, there's no stopping now. Going from the United States women's national team and training camps and even playing in, in games with the U S women's national team to switching back to the courage and your club team. Is there an adjustment at all at going from one team to the next and training with them? Yeah. When you're on a team, you start to learn different players and um, their strengths some things that maybe they're not as good at it, some uh, how they like to be talked to or, or how you can communicate with them better. And so you have to learn all these different players and uh, their personalities. And I think that's the difference is, um, you know, the more time you get to spend with your teammates, the more um, you can help them on and off the field. So I think that's the transition is just uh, as far as the soccer piece of it, I think, you know, I've been, playing soccer my whole life, as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is a little bit quicker, like film sessions, um, you know, questions I can ask, like I can get on board with that, um, you know, pretty quickly, but it's, it's getting to know the players, especially the new players that, that takes some time. And um, as you know, I make it a goal every day to, you know, try and learn something new about one of my teammates. So um, I think that's the biggest piece of it for me. That's the transition is just from team to team. How can I help? you know, serve the players on my, on whatever team it is better. Casey, you just named one of them, a goal, getting to know the players that you're playing with on the pitch every single day, but looking ahead specifically to the, to the 2022 year, whether it's with the national team or with North Carolina courage in the NWSL, what are some personal goals that you have for yourself on the field? Yeah, for me, it's, it's staying steady and consistent. There's you know, a ton of games this year. And, uh, I just want to, you know, have my, my team's back and know that they can trust in me and, um, just be a, a really big piece to our success as a team. And that's just going to require me to constantly want to get better and grow my game and, you know, reflect on, um, my performances. And so anything that I can do to help the team, that's what I'm going to do. And so that's really the ultimate goal is, um, keep improving, but at the same time, stay steady. So, um, we can accomplish as a team what we need to accomplish. 
I love that. You know, when whenever we have a, a guest on our show, Casey, we always like to maybe close out the interviews with like a little bit of fun. So with these with the preseason interviews that we're doing, it's there's been a lot of discussion about getting back into like routine and stuff like that. So so for you, I, I'm going to ask, like, as part of your routine, we hear a lot about the infamous, you know, post or pre coffee that comes into play. Are you a big coffee drinker? And if so, what's your your coffee order? I am a coffee drinker. Uh, I usually go with the uh, just plain black coffee, nothing special. Nice. Wow, that is a first. I think we're attacking there. I don't think we've had someone come on and say, "Hey, I'm the I'm the black coffee." So it's a, it's yeah, a, I'm, I'm the weirdo here. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, not no, a weirdo. I I drink my coffee black at home every single okay. day. But I will say sometimes when I go to a coffee shop or if I'm out at a restaurant, I ask for a little something special, even if it's just like an oat milk latte. Do you ever treat yourself? Is there ever like a go to treat that you get when you're out? You know, for me, it's, it's really a decision between hot and cold. It's, it's Ooh. not really the, you know, the plant milks or the, the, the <laughs> I love that. Um, syrups or whatever. So I guess it's either a cold brew or Americano. No, I, I love that. I listen like that. Folks who drink just black coffee are built different. And I love <laughs> that our first black coffee answer was from a goalkeeper. It just makes it just makes perfect sense because goalkeepers are absolutely built different. I, I love it so much. Thank you so much for joining us, Casey Murphy. Uh, we always like to thank our listeners for joining us. So I want to thank all of um, those listening on on podcast or apple podcast spotify or watching on youtube for joining us today uh once again thank you for joining us casey good luck in 2022 uh, everyone you can follow us on twitter at attacking third we're on apple podcast spotify stitcher anywhere you listen to your podcast shows you can leave us a five-star review on spotify and if you have any questions for us leave us a five-star review on apple podcast with a question and lisa and i will answer it during our mailbag segment we're also available as video. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash attacking third. And we'll be back on Friday with even more team previews for Sandra Herrera, Lisa Roman, and Casey Murphy. This was Attacking Third.